0: Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue kingdom of God justice. Uh, So I I realized when we went on this missions trip, uh, I realized when we were in Spain and I ran into a bunch of folks that were missionaries, uh, that the word missionary means different things to different people. And it was actually a little bit of a shock for me uh, to realize that uh, in the many people that we ran into uh, being a missionary did not include uh, either planting a church or helping a church to grow. It meant something different. It meant being in service to, to God, helping people in different other other ways uh, helping some of the outreach programs perhaps uh, of the church, but fundamentally. Uh, as missionaries, going to either start a church or develop a church was not uh, on their on their minds. Um, and probably the most uncomfortable moment that I had in Spain is I had a quick conversation with somebody that were, um, a friend of mine who's a pastor in Spain was having a lunch with a friend and uh, he said, come and meet my friend uh, who was American. And uh, so I went up to the table and said, "Hey, hi, I'm I'm Rob," uh, and he said, "What are you doing here?" I said, "Well, I'm a church planter. I, I wanted to start a church here in, in Malaga, Spain, or help the church to to grow." And he looked at me and said, "Oh, not another one." And I'm like, "Dude, you're a missionary. How can you be so?" Right? And I'm like, "Okay, okay. So there, there's there's work to be done, but let me just let me just say it this way." Uh, We live here in Boston. Uh, How many of you, uh, or if God was calling you to go to Burlington, Vermont and start a church? uh, Maybe God is calling you to go to Burlington, Vermont and start a church. Uh, But my question is, like, just quickly in your mind's eye, how would you go about that? Okay, you've got six weeks, you're going to Burlington, and... uh, you don't know anybody there. I'm assuming you don't know anybody there. If you know somebody in Burlington, think about Birmingham, Alabama, somewhere, you, you're going to go there six weeks, how are you going to do it? Um, let's, uh, let me say this, if you're going to start a church uh, and you know like two people or three people in the town that are believers and actually would like to start a church, uh, now you've got a whole, it's a whole lot easier. You've got something to work with. Well, this is what uh, Liz and I found ourselves uh, doing in Malaga, Spain. Um, We'd been asked to go to Malaga, Spain, and we'd been asked to actually not travel, just to stay in Malaga so we can give us maximum amount of time, the maximum amount of prayer, the maximum amount of effort into uh, starting and developing uh, something uh, in in Malaga, Spain. And we did have a core group of people that had moved from the the Vineyard Church in Cordova to Malaga. It's about an hour and 15 minutes away uh, to look for work. They stayed in Malaga, and they were really keen to have a Vineyard Church. And so we had something to work with. And before we got there, they'd already started an alpha group, and they'd gathered a, 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 a pretty decent group of people. Uh, to do Alpha, which, if you don't know what Alpha is, it's a short series explaining what churches, what G- who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, and it's really pretty well received. So we had uh, that as a start, but we, I knew this was going to be a special trip, when we, uh, you know, you arrive at your Airbnb, we had booked an Airbnb in the center of Malaga, and you get there and you're pretty jet lagged and you're pretty exhausted, and uh, the guy that owns the Airbnb meets you there just to uh, give you the keys and to show you around. And so uh, we, we're speaking to him, and his name is, is Jorge. Uh, you can put a photograph up there, Dave, of, of, of Jorge. And uh, I, Jorge asked me the obvious question. He says, why are you here, and why are you here for such a long time? I mean, that's a long time to be on vacation. And so I said, well, we're not on vacation. Um, we come here to volunteer uh, to work with a little group of people uh, that want to start a church. And uh, he kind of looks at me, you know, a little strange. He said, really? Like, now, my Spanish is not that great, and he doesn't speak English, so we, we, we're communicating. Uh, but a couple of very interesting things happen he says to me, well, where is this, this, this church? Where do you want to be, do this church? I said, well, it's like a suburb outside of Malaga. It's called El Palo. And straight away, his eyes, like, he just lit up. He said, El Palo? He said, I'm from El Palo. He said, my parents live in El Palo. He said, tell me more about this group. So I, I tried to explain it to him. And I said, look, Uh, you know you invited to come check it out he said oh no no look I'm you know I'm I'm nominally Catholic I don't go to church I really don't believe really in God in any sort of any sort of way Um, and I said to him I said okay listen can I pray for you and he says sure he said my mom needs some help and I said no 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 can I put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you he says, "Sure." So I put my hand on his shoulder, and I just ask the presence of God to come. I mean, I don't really know how to pray for the God, and I, I I say, "God, I, I'm you, you know Jorge, and I thank you for him," and uh, and I just keep praying. And as I'm praying, I'm just feeling the presence of God come. And uh, I finish praying, and Jorge looks at me. He said, look at my arms. And they had just goosebumps all the way both up, both arms. And he said, what's just happened? So I said to him, well, was it a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> he says, oh, no, bueno, bueno, bueno. Muy bueno. Uh, very good thing. It's a very good thing. No malo. No, 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 no malo. Not, not bad. Oh, okay. What did you? And he's, I said, okay, you've just experienced the presence of God. Oh, I, I, I'm interested in your group. <laughs> so, you know, and then you've, got the, then you've got the other thing. When you're working in my world, you see God move, but you also see the enemy work. And this was a classic case. The guy straight after this, and I'm sorry, this might be real, relevant for you guys too, you know, when I'm praying for you, it's not always, uh, I mean, it's always good news, but <laughs> it doesn't always go the way you think it did. Last week I was praying for somebody. Somebody's back, and after I finished praying for him, he said, "Oh, it's worse than it was before you prayed." <laughs> I said, "I think it's actually a good thing. I think something's happening." I I I, I was hoping for complete healing, but I'm sorry, you're in more pain. And he was like, "Oh," so so I finished praying for Jorge, and straight away, straight after that, like before we can come to the meeting, he gets COVID, and so I'm speaking to him on on WhatsApp. And he heals up from COVID And then he breaks his ankle (laughs) So the long and the short of it We now became good friends But he never came to any of our meetings Um, You know one of the things uh, uh, I can come here and talk experiences And it can sound good and stuff But I I thought I'd just pause right here And let me just ask you the same question I asked Jorge You know uh, Can I pray for you? And uh, like Right now, is it possible that you might experience God in some personal kind of a way? I mean, could 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 we just take like two minutes? Uh, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to respond afterwards. All I'm asking you to do is just open yourself up and let me pray for you. And let me just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you and to allow you to just experience God, in, however God may want to reveal himself to you. You up for that? Just two minutes. Jesus, uh, we just, I just take two minutes. Can we just pause? And I just ask for your Holy Spirit. I just say, come Holy Spirit. We desire to experience you, Lord Jesus. We, des- we desire to experience your Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Speak to us. May we experience your reality right now. As we just wait on you God. Father we know that you love us. Show us. You know, I can tell you right now that God was doing quite a few things in quite a few of you. I mean, it's really just interesting as we just, we just pause. A few of you, I I just got this picture. It's like a sponge and God, you're just like soaking up God. It's just like you're slightly dry and you're just like, just filling up the Lord. Uh, Some others of you, it was just like, oh, this is really just a sense of Peace. Uh, this is really a sense of comfort. Uh, let me just ask you, did anybody feel like they just experienced God in some way? Just uh, God's presence, you'd say, yeah. I mean, just look at that. It's remarkable, you know. Just, we take two minutes and and God's just... Andresa, I just want to encourage you. God was speaking to you. Yeah, I, I mean, like, he was encouraging you. I don't know what he was saying to you, but I know he was encouraging you. Uh, So, be blessed. (laughs) Be blessed. I think God is going to do some good things. And God, I just pray right now you'd empower my preaching, that we can experience uh, your presence. But Lord, that you would uh, allow us to be connected to you uh, today. In your name, Jesus. Uh, Amen. Uh, So, I... We titled this message, Being People of God's Presence. Being people of God's presence. You know, in the Vineyard, as a movement, uh, we really uh, emphasize uh, being sensitive to things of the Holy Spirit. And uh, desiring to encounter, experience the reality of God in our lives. And uh, to be actually uh, seeking God. And seeking God's uh, presence. involvement in our lives and there's no formula to that um, one of my favorite stories which i want to read out of exodus is the story about moses uh, experiencing god's presence now the build-up to the story in exodus 33 is this moses has experienced god in many many ways uh, he's seen god's power he's seen god do like supernatural things uh, he's uh, experienced God call him uh, to, to leadership. Uh, he's led the the, uh, the Jewish people. Uh, and he's also had many ups and downs. And in this particular time, when he's at in, in, in Exodus uh, chapter 33, Moses just received the Ten Commandments from God. And it was sort of like a, a high place. And then he comes off the mountain and he sees the people are worshipping a golden calf and it's kind of a low place. And uh, Moses is super discouraged and and upset. And he hears God say, okay, listen, take my people and move into the promised land that I have for you. And Moses says, okay, but like, help me out. Like, who's going to lead these people? Who's going to help me? Now, even before I read this section, this is a common... Question that we have for God, we have many, many questions from God that, for one, for some strange reason, God often chooses not to answer. So you know, we'll say, "Why this God?" You know, "Why do bad things happen to good people?" Why, 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 why? And uh, you can get stuck uh, in that, like Moses was, uh, or you can say, "Okay, I've got these valid questions, but I'm still going to experience God's uh, guidance and God's truth despite." Uh, God not specifically answering every question that I might have uh, because God is going to get his job done anyway. So Exodus 33. One day Moses said to the Lord, this is verse 12, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways. So I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. Look, friends, one of the things in church is we always want to know God's ways better. Moses had an incredible time with God up until this point. Talk about somebody that's experienced the presence of God, experienced the power of God. He's experienced a lot of God. And yet Moses is still saying, God, I need to know you better. Like, help me out. Like, how can I how can I get to know you? We know that the Word of God is really, really important because it's the primary way that we experience or learn about or get knowledge of God. Uh, so it's important. The Word of God is important. And preaching is important uh, for this very reason. But moving on, he says... Uh, and remember that this nation is your very own people i mean moses has got some smarts uh, one of the smarts he's got is like he can't control the people now if you're a pastor if you're a leader uh, this is like really like life-giving language because uh, reggie i'm sorry i didn't heal your back last week i see you now how's it going now pretty good Praise God! <laughs> I just remembered that it was you that I prayed for. <laughs> I'll pray for you again afterwards. I, I won't give up praying for you. God will heal your back. I'm, I'm, I'm. Hopefully, and I'm certain of it. We won't, we won't give up. <laughs> but you know, back to uh, Moses and and uh, leadership. It's very good to remind God again and again that. Uh, We as pastors don't control you. You'll be happy to know that. We don't actually want to control you. You'll be happy to know that too. But we do want you to grow in the Lord and we want to kind of help you in that. And when things go south, it's very easy to say, like, God, okay, look, these are your people. You know, I don't know why they don't listen to you. I don't know why they don't take all my great advice that I'm giving you. I preach my heart out. They just don't listen. And, you know, like, you know, they're your people. Just let me just remind you, you know, I'll keep trying to do this job, but it's, it doesn't work out the way I, I want it to work out. And you just go backwards and forwards with God. And that's what Moses is doing. Then the Lord says to uh, to Moses, he says, I will personally go with you moses and i will give you rest everything will be fine with you now building up to this god had just said i'm not going to go with you because these people are stubborn and i'll provide a way for you but i'm not going with you i'm like sick of them and moses like oh please you know they're your people and remember and god changes his mind and he says okay wait i will go with you but then moses realized that this was actually like a big deal it wasn't just like oh okay uh you know god is gonna go with us moses knew that if god's presence wasn't with him he really had nothing it wasn't good enough to just see like god do stuff or hear about stuff that god had done in the past and it wasn't good enough for moses knowing that god's power was going to go ahead of him so that he can still accomplish his mission moses saying no, I don't want to just accomplish a mission. I desperately need you, God. And so he says this. If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. I know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people. If you don't go with us, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth friends listen experiencing the presence of god is not like an optional extra it's absolutely essential that we see god in our hearts in our lives in our day-to-day uh workings that we experience god's involvement in our lives and there should be this really this natural hunger like in moses's case like we want more of god it's not like, okay, you did something in the past. That's good enough. I'm good to go. It's not like today, tomorrow, I need more of you. I want to see you. And God loves it when we're hungry for that. When we are like Moses saying, God, I, I need your presence. I want more of your presence. I know you did great things in the past, but today's today and tomorrow's tomorrow. I need you. And when we have that kind of hungry heart, God says, I can work with you and I will reveal myself to you. And that should be our posture. It's uh, it's the way God works. So, you know, when I condense this story of Moses, I see it as sort of a foreshadowing of the way God is working in church today. Meaning, in the Old Testament, Moses was sort of over the whole nation of the, the Jewish people, and he was the priest, he was the leader for the whole nation. Uh And there were certain ways that God was working at at that time. He would reveal himself to Moses in his presence. And Moses had to explain God's ways to his people. And it's similar today in church, uh, except God is doing it totally differently. He's designed this institution called church. And instead of one person leading a whole nation, it's thousands, millions of churches leading groups of Jesus' people. And uh, when we get together, uh, there's three things that we should really uh, always experience or desire in church. The first is to worship God, and then the Word of God, and then the works of God. Meaning, when we get together, worship is actually absolutely vital. And I want to hone in on this today. I'll talk a little bit about the Word and the works, but I want to talk about worship. Because there's something incredible about worship that is totally other. I mean, if you are not um, a Christian, this idea of getting together and worshiping God is just like totally odd. It's like, who are you worshiping? Who's out there? Why would you do that? But here's the great thing about worship. Worship takes our eyes off ourselves. It takes our eyes off our own problems, and we start fixing our eyes on God. And when we start fixing our eyes on God, we are opening ourselves up to all sorts of incredible possibilities because now it's God that we focused on and God that's at work. And there's something uh, exhilarating, actually, when we can experience God. And you know what? You experience God in worship with other people because there's something that happens in worship. When you look around and you're not feeling it, and you look around and you see somebody else is in tears, or somebody else is feeling it, it does something in you. He's like, wait, I'm getting what they're getting. Or you look around and say, man, the presence of God is here. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing uh, to, to worship together. Uh, you know, the psalmist said it this way uh, in Psalm 84.10. It said, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Or saying it differently, as an encounter with God is priceless it can it's worth hours and hours of other pursuits if we can experience and encounter god in church on a regular basis i mean it just it it just takes us everywhere so uh i want us to um sort of get an idea of this the god picture of 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 worship you know the apostle john at the end of his life he's an old man and god gives him a, a sort of a glimpse into heaven and it is just unbelievable. It's just totally other. It's, it's totally different. So in the book of Revelation, uh, chapters 4 and 5, we get a, a glimpse of this. And uh, I want to just share this with you. John says, As I looked, I saw a door open, standing open in heaven. And the same voice I'd heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I saw in the Spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. Then dropping down to verse 9. Whenever the living beings giving glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you cre- created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Man, there's, a, there, there's something when we see the presence of God, it changes everything. It's like we get an insight into what's going on. We get an insight into the greatness and the glory of God. And we get this experience when we worship God, when we fix our eyes on Him. And if we don't worship God and we just always spend all our time praying, Oh God, help me in this and help me in that. And all our eyes are just fixed on our own problems. We miss out on something that is absolutely glorious. Glorious. I mean, there's something that we look forward to. Like, what is this going to be? Uh, this experience of the present in this earth when we, we experience, uh, you know, Jesus' return. There's so many different ways that we experience God in His fullness. Uh, two weeks ago, we were worshiping. And we had a guest le- uh, worship leader, Jamaldi. And uh, Jamaldi told us that he's Hispanic. And then halfway through one of his worship songs, he just switched into Spanish and uh, switched out. Now, I really remember that. And it was powerful. And it's so interesting how the Spirit of God works. For some people, like me, that was just really really great and for other people they get irritated it's like I don't understand that language I don't know. why don't we just speak in English and why don't they put the words up in English and like uh, there's something irritating about it right uh, Nancy Surudi who doesn't speak another language and uh, Nancy is let me just say she's not here today she's getting on in, in years uh, Nancy I love you uh, it, but Nancy also has a prophetic like streak in her and she came to me and she said, Rob, when that guest worship leader started singing in Spanish, it was incredible. I started feeling something in my spirit. It was really... I said, Nancy, you don't speak a lick of, of Spanish. Oh, no. That was really precious. Friends, I'm telling you, that was pre- it, it, was, it was precious. And I say that to all of you that are born in another country. Uh, you understand uh, when you connect with God in a different way. Uh, and for those of you that were born in America and like don't understand this, just bear with me for a second. I was born in South Africa. And uh, a, a few years ago, I went to a vineyard church in Neisner, uh, South Africa. And while I was there, for the first time in my life, uh, I experienced worship it was, all, I mean, it was in English. And then they switched one of the worship songs into a language called Afrikaans, which is the, the second language of South Africa. We all had to learn English and Afrikaans to graduate from high school. Uh, and I'm not Afrikaans speaking. Uh, and I heard it in Afrikaans, and I just started welling up with tears. And I'm like, why am I reacting this way? Well, the reason I'm reacting this way is because it's speaking to me. It's speaking to me more than language. It's speaking to me culturally. And then they kept going in this um, worship set. And then a song came up in Ngoza. And Ngoza is the language of Nelson Mandela. And for a quick language lesson, if you see an X uh, in Zulu or in Ngoza, or you could say Koza, Ngoza, if you see an X, you put your tongue in the top of your mouth and you pull it down, X. Okay, Gaza. So they put the thing in Gaza, and I'm like, whoa. It hits me again. Now I don't even speak Gaza. I speak a little tiny bit of Zulu, but it's similar. And it's like hitting me. And I'm looking around, I'm looking at, wait, all the people in the room that speak Gaza, they're all like undone. And I'm like, wait, there was just a tiny little snippet, and they moved on. Back into English. I experienced the the power of the presence of God when God speaks to you in your own language. It's no different if you're from another country and somebody understands you, understands your city. You meet somebody at church and like, ah, I'm also from Shanghai and you can say something to each other about like something, you know, maybe it's just the food. I don't know, but you relate. You feel connected. It's important. So we're in Spain. Uh, We've got the picture up on the the board here. And um, we wanted to... Let me just check my time here. Yeah, I'm probably going long. Uh, I'll finish up quickly. Uh, we wanted to end up with like a big event at the end of our six weeks. So we were hoping to gather people during this time and culminate with a worship event, which is what we planned to do. We were going to do it in a hotel. And then we spoke to the, the locals that we were meeting with. And they said, hotel? Why would you have a worship event in a Hotel? And I said, Oh well, stupid us. I'm an American, you know, what can I tell you? By the way, I'm an American. I do not have a citizenship in another country or another passport. I have an American passport on. So uh, I said, Yep, okay, so where should we do it? They said, At the beach, of course. And I'm like, at nine thirty at night? Of course. Beautiful, sunset. Let's do it on the beach. I'm like, Great, beach is free, let's do it on the beach. I love outdoors and i love doing everything in church i love doing outdoors i love doing prayer outside i love doing preaching outside and i particularly love doing worship outside because it gives outsiders a chance to see what actually happens what we do and so we finish up this event i got this uh, lady elena uh, elena actually led worship here a few years ago um and uh flip back to the other slide so we've got Elena leading worship and then we've got our group and people sitting around Uh, this is actually the beach and now I'm standing on the beach side looking towards the thing but you can see a guy in the back there Uh, he's just like what's going on here and he's watching us worship now you've got to understand this is Spain there's a Catholic church in every town no I, I take it back in El Palo i think there's six catholic churches okay so there's no shortage of catholic churches the there catholic churches everywhere there's a chronic shortage of anything other than the catholic church i mean they do not understand what uh evangelical or non-catholic church is uh, so this guy's standing there and he's checking us out and he's wondering what's going on but he can see it's positive he's he's noticing something uh and this lady that's got her arm up, Nelly, she's from uh, Chile. You know, she's just worshiping God. And God is like present. But then God does an absolute miracle. You talk about God knowing people personally. Uh, next slide, David. He, he brings this girl. I'm just going to call her Mary. It's not her name. He brings this girl, and she sits on the wall while we're worshiping. And I'm looking at her, and she's crying her eyes out. And so... <clears throat> A guy comes up to me and he says to me, he says to me, listen, I invited her uh, to this group. She's from South Africa. Can you please make her feel welcome? And I'm thinking, wait, what's going on here? This girl's from South Africa. And then he says to me, no, but she's Spanish. I'm like, what? Uh, Can you please welcome her? so as soon as we finished worshipping I started speaking to her in Afrikaans and it did exactly what I thought it would do she just burst in, into tears so I said to her I said Mary quickly what's your story she said this is my story my dad is from Chayin which is one of the towns in Spain during the civil war in, after the second world war he fled out of Spain and he moved to Argentina and when he was in Argentina, he met my mom, and I was born in Argentina. But we didn't see any future in Argentina, so we moved to South Africa. Uh, I've spent my whole life in South Africa. My husband died a few months ago. My mother died a year ago. Uh, I am completely broke. I don't know what to do. Uh, my daughter lives here in El Palo, so I've come here to El Palo. Uh, and I said, well, you speak totally fluent Spanish. Yeah, I spoke Spanish all my life growing up. And you speak perfect English, obviously. And her grandson speaks perfect South African English. Uh, It was kind of funny for me to hear a real strong uh, South African accent. And then the guy just switches into Spanish, totally Spanish. But here's the point. God knows each one of you super personally. I mean, he would take her who is desperate, and she doesn't even know Jesus. She's just, in some sort of vague prayer, she says, God, I'm so desperate. I'm so lonely. I don't know anybody. I I need help. And she comes to the worship team, and God, like, totally helps her. Now she has a whole group of people that live in her village which have totally embraced her and support her and can speak to her in Spanish and just really love her. Uh, God will move... Mountains to reach you and connect you in ways that you would never really even understand. We just need to be open to God's presence. Open to God's presence. Uh, so uh, let me finish it this way. Church is important that we experience worship of God. Experience the Word of God. That God would reveal His character to us. It's important that we take that experience and that we do the works of God. When God uses us, it's really, really, really exhilarating. There's something that all of us should have a desire to say, I want to be used by God. Let me say to you that that is a great natural and a a, a great thing to do. You should all be used by God in whatever capacity. Help in children's ministry. Help in the food ministry. Help with you know, orphans, widows. Help with any way you can. These are great things. You want to be used by God. Let me also give you a heads up. It might be very inconvenient. If you think you can only work for God or be used by God, when it suits you in your time frame, you're going to be deeply disappointed. I'll give you an example. We're coming back home. We're in Madrid airport, and as you know, travel is kind of mixed up at the moment. Like, there's not enough pilots, there's not enough people in the airports to do customs, and I mean, it, you just never know what roadblock you're going to hit. And so, we, we Liz and I, uh, we got like three hours, and we think I oh, got plenty of time, and uh, we, one of those automated uh, train systems, and you know, it's like COVID, so they got markings on the, on the, on the platform keep your social distance and the train pulls up and there's like three carriages and there's like 600 people have to get in there and I mean it's just like boom I'm like, like you're in there like, like this you know and then people are still pushing you and it's like oh okay so we're in the train and it's like I'm like the last one and the door's like banging behind me to try and close and I'm like oh okay and I get there and I look at this lady and she's shaking and she's only about she's about this big and she's shaking. And she's sweating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman's going to have an, a nervous breakdown. What the heck's going on? And she's like, no puedo, no puedo, no puedo, no puedo hacerlo. I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And, and she starts shaking more and more. And I'm like, wait, this is like a picture of New York City, right? It's like you're on the train, some calamity happens, and everybody like, I don't want to be inconvenienced. And I'm looking at everybody, I'm like, this is like an associate." sociological study i mean like nobody wants to pay any attention and this lady's getting louder and louder and she's shaking more and more and she's sweating she pulls out her cell phone and she can hardly press a button i'm like oh my gosh and she's fine and she she phones i don't know who husband, someone no puerta, no point no i like okay opportunity to be used by god i said i don't know where this is going pull my hand on her shoulder it's okay it's okay She starts calming down The doors open And we have to go through passport control An hour and a half To get through passport control And she's shaking But now she's at least You know um, A little bit more in control This lady is not a a traveler She's got her baggage uh, For the overhead She's got her handbag Which is about this big She's got two plastic bags One has got a, a metal clock This big in there And she's trying to carry all of this and she's just like, she's overwhelmed in every which way. I said, okay, let me take your bag. Liz can take this. I'll walk. And we walked with her, and like, she started calming down. And I said, what flight are you on? And we're looking, and we're looking at the line. I'm like, oh, she's not going to make her flight. She's not going to make her flight. So we get through customs. After an hour and a half, I'm in passport control. And I said, okay, I'm going to sprint to her gate. They're, they were ready boarding. I'll just try and hold the line. Liz, you walk with her as fast as you can without her having a heart attack. I mean, literally, I'm worrying she's gonna have a heart attack. We get, I get to a gate like the last person's walking through, and finally, Liz and th- this lady arrive, and she's like, "Gracias Dios, thank you God, Gracias Dios." And they're like, she just wants to hug us and kiss us, and I mean, she's just like, like just get on this plane, just, just, <laughs> <laughs> and she gets on the plane. Uh, listen. It's fun to be used by God. I was grateful at the end of that experience to say, okay, we could help somebody else. Just let God work through you. You will find opportunities. It may not be convenient. Uh, Let me just end there. And let's just say, if we look at Revelation, we get a a picture of of worship. Why don't we have the worship team come on up? Uh, In fact, while you're coming up, I'll read uh, a section here. And I'm sorry, I am going long. Then I saw the lamb that looked as if he had been slaughtered. This is Jesus. He's both a lion and a lamb. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes which represented the sevenfold spirit of God. And it had sent out to every, that he had sent out to every part of the earth. And he had the scroll and he was worthy to open up the scroll. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and to break the seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has been ransomed for your people from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on earth. Then I looked again and I heard the voice of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Friends, when we can cry out with these creatures and other things, when we can experience God's glory and power and strength, uh, there is something wonderful. Let's just stand and just let's ask God that we can experience His presence as we worship together.